This episode of the AT Tips Cast is sponsored by TextHelp, provider of the award-winning literacy solution, Read and Write Gold. Is your child or student struggling with reading and writing? Read and Write Gold from TextHelp can help. Read and Write Gold's text-to-speech software is for individuals with reading or writing difficulties, those with learning disabilities such as dyslexia, and English language learners. Its customizable toolbar integrates with common applications and provides support tools for reading, writing, studying, and research. With Read and Write Gold, students of all ages can get the support they need at school, home, work, and now even in the cloud. The TextHelp web apps allow users to access their favorite Read and Write features in the cloud, anywhere, anytime. To learn how Read and Write Gold can help your struggling student, visit TextHelp.com or call 1-888-248-0652. That's 1-888-248-0652. And as a special offer from now until May 31st, 2013, you can receive 10% off any online order of Read and Write Gold by entering the code ATTIPS. 13 save 10 upon checkout. That's AT Tips, the numeral 13, save the numeral 10. Order your copy today. Welcome to the AT Tips Cast, exploring and investigating the implementation of assistive technology in public schools. I'm your host, Chris Bouguet. This is episode 111, recorded on March 9th, 2013. Back in November of 2012, I attended the Virginia Society for Technology and Education Conference down in Virginia Beach. I got to do many presentations at the conference, and one of these was called Taking the Ill Out of Literacy with my wife, Melissa. Unfortunately, Melissa couldn't be there live, but she did participate via the phone. During the presentation, we shared a collection of some of my most common recommendations when it comes to helping emerging readers. The session was an hour long, so I broke it up into part one and part two. If you'd like to follow along with the slides, you can access the entire presentation at bit.ly slash visti12literacy. That's bit.ly slash visti, the numeral 12, literacy. Part 2, which will be coming out as the next AT Tips Cast episode, covers some new ground as far as the AT Tips Cast is concerned. That episode includes me talking about speech-to-text as a general strategy, as well as a brief discussion of why and when you use guided access on the iPad. Alright, enough of my jibber-jabber. You'll get plenty of that as we listen to the first half of this live presentation. shame that she's not here because she's beautiful to look at. It would make it a lot oh, much better looking than I am. So next oh time, my word. Next time, you come, <laughs> next time you come and I stay in my pajamas. Okay? Okay. Okay, that's awesome. Hey, I'm all about that. You know that. Alright, so my name is Chris Bougay. And the, oh, I'm in, my name is Melissa Bougay. Mm-hmm. And um, I am an assistive technology trainer for Loudoun County Public Schools. And what, that, what does that mean? That means that um, my primary job responsibility is that uh, I drive around to different schools. I have about, uh, I don't know, 12 schools that are my schools that, uh, that I'm assigned to. And I brainstorm solutions with teachers when they get stuck. When we've got a student and the student's having trouble meeting this IEP goal or educational goal, whatever that might be, they call me out and they say, Chris, 
what kind of strategies can you brainstorm with us? And it's great because I have 12 different schools and I have a team that I work with. And so I always look brilliant when I come out and say, oh, well, you got to try this because I was just in this classroom yesterday and that's what they're doing and it works for them, right? So it's not necessarily the great stuff that I come up with. It's the stuff that I get to share because I get to travel and see what other people are doing. Um, I'm going to let Melissa talk here in a second, but I also want you to know that because I'm an assistive technology trainer, my, um, actually my background is in speech therapy. Do you hear reading specialist anywhere in there? <laughs> no, I'm not a reading specialist. I have never taught reading in my life, and yet I'm here doing a presentation on the literacy tools that we use because what I have done is seen lots of good strategies out there, and lots of times we've come up with solutions to help teachers uh, when they're struggling with, okay, this student's having reading difficulties. What do you got for me? And so these are some of our like top ten favorites. Now, having said that, because I've never taught reading and I'm not a reading specialist, I married someone else <laughs> who would know that. Fill in my, you know, balance me out, complete me. <laughs> Is she there, honey? <laughs> oh, you want me to talk now? I'm sorry. So I um. I met, actually, just a fun little fact, Chris and I met at um, the first school that we both ever taught at. I was a fourth grade general ed teacher, and Chris was the speech pathologist, um, and I walked in from Boston with a horrible accent, and um, he helped me correct it, actually. Remember? Did a lot of tongue placement work on that. <laughs> now she's wicked smart. <laughs> so, um, I started as a general ed teacher in fourth grade, and then I looped with my kids the next year and went to fifth grade, um, and they gave me a split class of fifth graders who were gifted, and then the other half were special education. So I became an inclusion classroom, um, and it was an interesting year. It was a lot of learning experience, but that's when I figured out that I wanted to be the inclusion teacher. I didn't, you know, I loved being a general ed teacher, but I really loved the inclusion teacher job. So um, I decided to get my master's in special ed that year, um, skipped counties, and went to the next county that paid 100% of my master's. And um, taught fifth grade in a very challenging area of um, that school district. And I taught second grade the next year because I needed a little innocence to balance out what I had just experienced. Um, when I taught second grade, it was so much fun. Again, I was put into an inclusion classroom. I was a general ed teacher, and um, I had some pretty excellent um, help and mentors through that year with my inclusion teacher. Um, while I was getting my master's. And so then the next year, my mentor resigned suddenly, and my principal promoted me to special ed teacher of that school so, um, with, with very little warning. So, honey, so, would you say you've taught reading at a couple different reading levels? I've taught reading um, K through 5. K through 5. Okay, so you've taught kids how to read. Yes. Okay. That was my job, Chris. Yeah. As a general educator, you teach kids to read, especially in second grade, you, and um, special education, you get a lot of students who are not um, reading yet. They're just emerging readers. So, 
All right, so that that brings us to the strategies we want to talk about. Like I said, we have about ten here, but I think um, there's more. And here, so we're we're going to just talk about the first one, right? Here's the very first one. And um, what we did is, like I said, I'd go around and suggest these sort of activities or these sorts of concepts to teachers, and then I'd be like, you know what I should do? You probably find out if this is research based because if it's not research based, then what am I doing? You know, I just think it works. So you'll see at the bottom, it's not even not everything I have here, not everything we put together is actually research based. It's evidence based, which means that it um, has some sort of evidence behind it. In many cases, it's research based as well. But for some of the strategies here, we just I'm going to share them because they work for us. Um, so, the first one here is listen to audio stories. Okay? That doesn't seem so profound, but how many of you just listen? How many students are just listening? They put the blindfolds on, and they're just listening. Right? Uh, you may have heard of listening centers, right? Probably used to them. Tell me, what do you do with listening to stories? Do you do it? Yes, that's good. Um, when I able to do it, Okay, so that's just a slightly different, and that's actually another strategy we're talking about, because now you're pairing the audio story with the visual, right? They're reading along with the story, and that's a different strategy um, right there with you. I think it's a good one. We're going to get to it. This is not even that. This is just listening to the story. This is not having the printed word. You're teaching reading without any text. It's just the audio. And you that's BS. We're leaving. But I've got a list. If you go to this website, bit.ly, audio stories improve reading, there's 32 resource, 32 research articles talking about the benefits of audio stories for students. And here's the best thing. They're free. All of these resources we put up here are free resources. You can go and download these stories right now and listen to them. And you can um, listen to them on any of your devices. What's the benefit there? If you just listen, exactly. And then would that translate over to other skills, right? When you're listening to someone talk. Another one. How many of your students ride the bus? (laughs) One person. (laughs) Come on, right? They all ride the bus. Many of them ride the bus. Or they walk. And what do they do while they're on the bus? They talk. They talk or what? iPod or MP3 player. Our students, some of our students, Keith, here, he's got students out in the western part of our county. Some of those students have our commute. That's one way. So they're on the bus for two hours a day, right? Two hours a day. What are they doing with that time? They could be listening to audio stories, and no one needs to know what they're doing. They could be listening to homework, right? They could be listening to recordings of whatever the content is, but they could be listening to stories as well. All that would be doing would be increasing their... um, they're reading the Like, um, even if you're driving in the car and... Right, so wait a second. Do we have kids? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Two. two. Only two, right? <laughs> Only two, as far as I know. Nothing's happened while I've been gone. <laughs> no. Um, so, what do we do with the audio stories? With our own kids? Oh, well, you know, if I'm going to the grocery store or 
I just dropped my parents off at the airport, and that was an hour and a half drive to drop them off at the airport. Our daughter Maggie sat and we listened to um, three nightlife stories. So, Nightlight Stories is one of the podcasts up there. You can see that it's a little self-serving. My wife and I write these children's stories. (laughs) She puts on her voice and she... um, But that's great. So, I wanted to have some research, like I said, 32 articles. But maybe you hate Nightlight Stories. Maybe you go to our our website, (coughs) nightlightstories.net, and you're like, those people are so obnoxious, I can't stand their stories. (laughs) Okay, no judgments. We don't know you. But maybe you'd like Barefoot Books. You know what Barefoot Books is? You've heard of Scholastic, right? You've heard of Penguin, right? This is a publisher, Barefoot Books publisher, and they put out a podcast. Free stories. Once a week, they put out a new story, audio story. Lots of them are, are um, uh, classic tales or twists on classic tales, um, but they're all stories. Uh, LibriVox has a uh, collection, of mostly stuff that's in public domain, but the audio stories, people have read these stories. Um, patio books for the older students. If you're in high school, I mean, really, any of these will work for any age student, right? Because you're taking out the reading ability. It's all just listening comprehension. Uh, and I know there's plenty of students that are in middle school and high school that listen to Nightlight Stories and like that. We had, remember um, the guy from Podcastle? Can you tell him that story, honey? His daughter knits at night and she listens to our Nightlight Stories while she's knitting. She's a riot. So she was like on our third time listening to the same story as her favorite story, and she was on the third time listening to the same story. Um, and also, I, I wanted to say, Chris, um, you can also have listening stations in your classroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing centers and things like that, they can go over and listen in their classroom as well. Patiobooks.com, again. For adults and for young adults. You'll find categories on young adults. So definitely check that out. And the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd have science stuff embedded in there. And there's all sorts of podcasts I didn't mention. Uh, the Radio uh, Adventures of Dr. Floyd is the longest running podcast for kids. That um, It started before they had even RSS feeds and what podcasting is and stuff. You know whatever that is, don't worry about it. Just basically just click on that link and have listen to the stories. Um, he's, he's, he's funny because he, he has like a different sound to him and He's kind of funky, and so some kids might really dig him, you know? Absolutely. And the one I didn't mention here is Elmo. There's one on the Elmo podcast where he talks about money skills. And he tells a little story about Elmo and how he saves things, saves money and stuff like that. And so there's lots of different audio stories, all for free, that you can download and subscribe to. But we only have an hour, and i got to get through ten of these, honey, so I'm going <laughs> to move us on. Sound good? Oh. Oh, that's great. Go ahead. Okay. I'm not stopping this. <laughs> the next one is comics, right? Now, are anyone using comics? So we get someone cheering over here. Yes, why are you cheering? I'll give you this what's in my hand. You tell me why you're cheering. Uh, I teach my teachers to use it Great. You're talking about expressing what they know, right? What expressing what they know, or cr- I prefer for them to create. We created all kinds of vocabulary books, uh, t- different topics for that. And, and you could scaffold it up and down, or you could create the comic and leave the, the word clouds blank, and students would fill that in. Or you could have students generate some scratch. You have all sorts of different uh, ways to scaffold that. Um, mm-hmm. Go on, honey, yes? Oh, I was going to say, too, that the comics... The comics um, are great because they promote 
for um, reading when you have to move from left to right. And in a comic, you have to do that. So that really promotes that as well. Very engaging for students. They enjoy it. And then, of course, some, there's some evidence there for you to check out if you think we're... Um, two that are not listed here that I also talk about are the Lego website. I, I, we had a student that did you know the not yes. The Lego website, when they put out their new, like, whatever their new thing is, you know, like if it's alien creatures, they have a comic that goes along with it. And also Marvel superheroes. If you go to the um, Marvel superhero site, they have free girl comics. Slightly different scale for students creating comics um, than reading what we're talking about here. But the reason I like those two is because if you were to go to Toon Dune or Bic Strips or Make Beliefs Comics or one of those, you're getting these generic characters. Where if you go to the Marvel website, you can, you can say what the Hulk would say, you know? What would Captain America say in this situation? And the reason I like that is because now you're cre- you, students are they have a frame of reference. The Hulk would say, smash, you know? <laughs> Captain America would say, we're not going to do that, you know? Um, and it changes the activity, it changes the, it's, again, it's scaffolding. But just reading comics, reading them over and over again, um, promotes... Plus, you're pairing the visual with te- the text here. All right. Okay, you threw in superheroes in there. That was, that was, that was good. That was good. I'm not wearing my super. I'm wearing superhero underwear, honey. I'm not going to show. I'm not going to show. I, I, I just love how you can fit a superhero into any situation. <laughs> The next one is reading for function, right? Reading stuff like recipes and labels and groceries and directions and community signs. And um, I had trouble finding research on this, but I did find evidence by the National Council of Teachers of English where they have a whole whole activity that you can download and you can... um, you could uh, put it in place. I mean, it's just, it's just really like a lesson plan and stuff like that. But if the National Council of Teachers of English are, are saying use community signs, I mean, it seems to make sense. Honey, you do way more with community signs than I do. Do you want to talk about this? So, um, community signs, I do with our daughter, um, who is an emerging reader right now. And um, she's age five, just turned five. Um, but when we're out in the community, I am constantly pointing to her, um, different signs, what they mean, um, to the point that actually we were driving with my parents this morning, like I said, to the airport, and um, she pointed to the sign that said, Molly, that says 6-0-M-P-H, and you're, looks like you're not doing 6 0 Um So, yeah, sometimes you teach them you shouldn't, but... Um, and she knows stop. She can recognize the word stop because of the stop sign and, and the, um, you know, the shape of it as well. Um, and in the grocery store, we often look for um, letters and words and, and finding them and what they mean. She can tell you where every exit is as well. So, so here's a homework assignment for your parents. Make a shopping list. And the kids get the shopping list. And they go around and they read stuff off the list. And now you're doing functional homework rather than that worksheet that you printed out. And then if you do a stupid worksheet, I have a award against worksheets in the way. But now it's something functional. We're reading for a reason, you know? We're not just doing this because you know, Mrs. So-and-so had said we have to do this for homework, you know? There's a reason behind it. The next one is uh, multimedia slideshow. Here we have visuals, we have, um, we have audio, and now we have maybe uh, video that we're all pulling together into this uh, slideshow. 
many of you probably have know about Google presentations, right? Means or PowerPoint. Um, but maybe some of these other ones you haven't heard of, and that's why I wanted to share them. Um, and you've heard of Prezi, I know you have. MindMeister, maybe not so much? Anyone heard of it? Okay, graphic organizing website where you put up, um, you know, it's a graphic organizer like Inspiration, free, web-based, um, where you can put up all different sorts of graphics and then kids can write underneath them. Cool, they just upgraded their, their whatever, I don't know what you call it, software on, their, on the website, where it now works like Prezi, where you can go into presentation mode and when you have different, you know, like, so you picture like a different cells all over, it flies into the different cells. <coughs> Like, like a present would, without all the twisties and stuff. It just goes in one. So, anyway, um, the ones I really want to tell you about are Tar Heel Reader, Photo Album Feature, PowerPoint, and Book Builder. Tar Heel Reader are books that are already created. Um, students, it's out of the University of North Carolina. And what they've done is uh, anyone can, can go and participate and make books, and anyone can go and they can... Um, they can um, uh, just consume books, but they're online books, kind of like PowerPoints, right? Where you've uploaded a picture, and students or teachers have put text underneath, and there's totally switch accessible. See, I'm an assistive technology guy. So you can hit a switch if you can't actually physically turn the pages, but there's all sorts of different content there for all different grade levels of people who have made their own books and want to share them, right? And so you would go and you, and, and it's got all those elements there together the text, the, the, the pictures, the audio together. Book Builder, very similar site by the Center for Applied Science Technology, the CAST website. And so many people now, how many presentations are there on PowerPoint today? None, right? <laughs> um, but it's still such a good tool, and there's this feature that many people don't know about in PowerPoint called the Photo Album feature. It's built in right into the toolbar. Anyone use it? Your homework assignment, trust me, if your teachers are using PowerPoint, is to come back to this and click on this link. It takes you through. The, what it does is, the photo album feature, it takes you, you got all your pictures, and you drag a picture over to PowerPoint, and it goes boom, and it's super huge on the screen, and then you got to kind of shrink it down. This happens, right? I see the nodding, yes? Um, what it does is it says, here, pick your folder where you put all your pictures, and I'm going to make a photo album for you. And you can set up the settings where you can say, um, here's the picture, and I'll leave a blank space for you to type text in. You know? And it creates a whole template like that with the pictures that you put in. So students are making books, or very quickly, teachers are, can make books. Here's the, here's the picture of our field trip. Right, we all took pictures. Or here's the stuff around the school day that we took. I throw it up in the photo album PowerPoint, um, photo album picture of PowerPoint, and now students can all take that PowerPoint and they can type in, well, here's what we did today, or sequence them, or whatever. All right, the next one, text-to-speech. Do you have, right now, close your eyes, picture your computers at, at, back at your school. Picture them in your head. What is your speech-to-text tool? I mean, sorry, what is your text-to-speech tool? What is your text-to-speech tool? How do your kids get text-to-speech? What do I mean by text-to-speech? Text, just audio format. What is it? Do you know it? You should know that. That's one of those things that's like three times three. You should know it. <laughs> read out loud. Read out loud, okay? If you don't have to read out loud, you can get it for free from the state of Virginia because it's for every student special education and read out loud. I think my kids have figured out that in Safari, you can highlight things in the That's right. That is 
Um, and, and I don't even know about on the on the Mac, the network for PC, but there's the voiceover feature for iPad and the speech selection feature. Um, so you get a calendar for that. In the accessibility features, so you go to settings, accessibility features, there's something called voiceover. Play, play with that. And there's also something called speak, speak text, um, which, honey, you want to talk about how we use speak text just yesterday? Yes. You were sending a text to our five-year-old, and um, when she wanted to um, hear what you had to say, I didn't read it to her. She used her buttons that you had taught her, and she listened to your message, and then she was able to reply to you on the microphone. Makes sense. Five-year-old can't read, but she can listen to the text that I sent her. Because her grandfather, who I was just bought her an iPad mini, <laughs> um, yep. Someone had, someone had their hand. Someone had their hand. Kurzweil is probably, but Kurzweil is usually used as like a special ed situation, right? Hey, we're going to put it in this group for this kid. You know, it's usually not globally. Like, I mean, it is. It is a text speech so. So Word as well, it might have different, maybe different versions of Word have text to speak, but um, I think, at least the versions I'm used to, 2007 to 2010, I don't think it comes with, with a text-to-speech feature. There's an add-on you can get called Word Talk, which is an, which is an add-in. So if you were to go, you could download this, and it's free. And it's, it, you know, you have the tabs at the top of Word. It would add a tab called Word Talk that would allow you to take text and do it. So it's something to check out, see if you have. Like I said, and I was being a little facetious there, but text-to-speech is like the number one thing for students, right? You have a, we're doing this lesson on polar bears. Here's our polar bear lesson. We're all going to go to this website and we're going to read the text on polar bears. But guess what? The text for polar bears is too high for you. That reading level is too high. So what does she do? She struggles. But what if we took the reading level away and said, you, now you're going to use your auditory comprehension skills, right? You're going to listen to the text. Yes? How many of you have ever used an editing checklist? <laughs> we teach it, right? What's the first one? What's the first thing on the checklist? Check for punctuation. Check for capitals, right? Melissa's right on it. What else is on the list? Spacing. Spacing. Did you check for spacing? Did you? I was going to say, go ahead and finish the you're gonna. I'll, I'll throw it to you for the end. <laughs> Did you read it over? All right. That's one, right. Yeah, I'll say we read Did you read it over? Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm gonna add. I'm gonna ask you to add one thing to the end of that. Did you listen to it? And you know what? We should all do it. I'll say that. I never do. I still send out emails that have little words missing. You know what I mean? Little little problems. Um, or because spell check doesn't catch everything, and grammar check doesn't catch everything. And when you read it out loud, your brain puts in those little words that you think are there, you know? And you'll have students who swear to God they'll read it four times, they'll like, read it again, read it again, read it again, and they still think that little word too is in there. So, text-to-speech, if you don't have it, it needs to be on every single computer and every single device you're putting out with students, okay? Yeah, and one, one last thing, honey, I'm going to throw to you three ways of getting it. Okay, go ahead, honey. 
I just wanted to um, back up what you were just saying about when you read it out loud. You know how we, I write that family blog, and then I will read out loud the story to you and that I just wrote. And even though, like Chris said, I write it four or five times by myself quietly, when I read it out loud to Chris before I publish it, I always catch something. Always. So it's so important. I can't say that enough. That was a great point. I just wanted to say good job. <laughs> okay, so now we've solved the Texas speech problem. We're going to put read, please, on every single computer. We put Word Talk on Word. But then these kids go home and they don't have it. Right? Well, Vosni.com is a free website. There's no one called Natural Reader, but Vosni.com, no install or anything. You go there, you copy the text, you paste it in, and it turns it into an MP3 and you can listen to it. Okay? Not great voices. There's only two voices to choose from. I'll also just throw out a pitch for a company. Um, we use uh, Text Help, Read and Write Gold. If you don't know what that is, go check it out. It is a great solution for students. You like it? We couldn't remember what we use at school. That's it. Read and write gold. What that does is that program, now it's, it's, it's software that you have to buy, but it puts a toolbar, a very um, indiscriminate toolbar at the top of the screen. People wouldn't necessarily know you were using some other sort of program to listen to your text. And it's got all sorts of other features as well. That's Read and Write Gold by Text Help. But I like to put the free up here. We let the vendors do their work downstairs, you know? <laughs> During the presentation, I mentioned a number of different tools and strategies. Some of these have already been documented as AT tips on the blog, but there are some new ones in there as well. I've outlined both the old and the new on the blog attipscast.com. Before I end the show, I wanted to remind you of the three webinars I'm a part of, all of which are being hosted by the Virginia Society for Technology and Education, and all of which are free to the public. The first one was supposed to be on Wednesday, March 6th, but because we had a snowstorm around here, we decided to reschedule that one for April 10th at 4 p.m. Eastern. Also, we changed the title of that presentation to, Can You Hear Me Now? Using Audio in the Classroom, and we're going to maybe talk a little bit about how you use outside the classroom as well. If you like the banter you heard between my wife and I in this episode and the next episode, then you won't want to miss this webinar, because we'll be doing that webinar together, my wife and I. We're going to be talking listening stations, how to subscribe to a podcast, how you search for a podcast, how students and teachers can record and produce their own podcasts, and some of our favorite podcasts that we like to use with students. On Wednesday, March 13th at 4 p.m. Eastern is the webinar The Great Eight with Sally Norton Dar, who is the co-author of the Practical and Fun Guide to Assistive Technology in Public Schools. In that book, we outline some of our most commonly used strategies when we go out to brainstorm solutions with educators, and we're going to be sharing some of those with you during this webinar. And the last webinar will be on March 20th at 4 p.m. Eastern on gesture-based learning and using the Xbox 360 with students in an autism program. I'll be co-hosting that webinar with Mark Nichols, Dr. Tara Jeffs, and Karen Dietrich. And we'll be talking about the gesture-based learning pilot we've been a part of, which utilizes some online virtual environments to improve communication and academic skills of students in autism programs. I hope you can make it to some or all of those webinars. Until next time, may all your interventions be inclusive, and may all your strategies be supportive. <laughs>